spring forward at Banana Republic Factory with 50 to 70% off everything. Shop season favorites from colorful dresses to easy tops from $19.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Enjoy 50 to 70% off almost everything at Gap Factory and GapFactory.com. Shop tees from $6.99 and joggers from $24.99, plus extra 15% off online. Exclusions apply. Shop the sale through April 6th. Spring forward at Banana Republic Factory with 50 to 70% off everything. Shop season favorites from colorful dresses to easy tops from $19.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Enjoy 50 to 70% off almost everything at Gap Factory and GapFactory.com. Shop tees from $6.99 and joggers from $24.99, plus extra 15% off online. Exclusions apply. Shop the sale through April 6th. You think of Earth as a singular planet. In fact, it is anything but. For this is a story not of the universe, but a multiverse. Where universes and planets, such as Earth, were replicated and mirrored across a vibrating, infinite plane. Some barely different from the next. Others drastically so. This is DC On Screen. Every week, Dave and Jason talk about the multiverse of DC properties on film and television. But be warned, if it's been officially released, you can expect they'll spoil it. Welcome into DC On Screen, episode 503. I am your host, David C. Robertson. This my valiant co-host, Jason Goss. Hello. Is valiant a good word? Is that a good word for you? I'm not feeling that today, but yeah, normally. You're not feeling valiant? Yeah. All right. A little tired. My exhausted co-host, mm-hmm. Jason Gus. Yeah. You know what? I'm kind of exhausted myself. With? This week, man. <laughs> this week, man. <laughs> oh, I, I could bet what you're leading with, and I, I could also bet that like our show notes, should just, they could have just been a face palm. Uh-huh. Well, before we get into the Cavill catastrophe, uh, <laughs> we have we did talk about this. Uh, over on the Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash DC on screen podcast. And, um, some of, some of my opinions here, some of our opinions you'll, you would have gotten in the Facebook group a little bit, I guess we'll go ahead and get into it. Also, if you want want to leave us a voicemail, 205-259-6331. Now on September 12th, 2018, the Hollywood reporters, Tatiana Siegel and Boris Kitt, and I want them what their names out there <laughs> they dro- they dropped an article titled henry cavill out as superman amid warner brothers dc universe shakeup exclusive mm-hmm. and of course it you know it wasn't it didn't take long for deadline and variety and everybody else to pick it up and say like yep he's out he's done and they had this really hackneyed Photoshop of like the BVS Festival of the Dead with big scissors cutting Cavill's head out. It's right. it's, it's it's a travesty. And the I, article, I remember it not being an hour or two later. <laughs> there were already like recasting suggestions and uh-huh. who should play blah blah blah. Oh, and reports that there are rumors that oh yeah we're 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 looking at this guy. Mm-hmm. <sighs> the the article goes on to explain that talks broke down. For a cameo in Shazam due to scheduling conflicts, which is old news. Mm-hmm. We talked about that, I think, last month. Mm-hmm. 
And the door is now closing on other potential appearances for the actor. This is, you know, according to a source, by the way. Yeah, it, it was sources and insiders. Henry Cavill, who has played Superman in three films, is parting ways with Warner Brothers. Sources tell The Hollywood Reporter. Okay. This thing is so full of bullshit, man. Uh, they go on to immediately say that WB is focusing on Supergirl. They've shifted their focus to Supergirl, specifically an origin for Supergirl. And they say, quote, this effectively removes an actor of Cavill's age from the storyline's equation, given that Superman, a.k.a. Kal-El, would be an infant, according to DC lore. Well, not necessarily. No, yeah, no. Kara's original try, origin. Yeah. Her origin in the in the original books, I think it was like the fifties, fifty nine, <laughs> fifty six, whatever it was. So sure, some shit's probably gone down from since then, but Well, she was a teenager being sent to Earth to be raised by her adult cousin Superman. She was sent by her parents. They lived on the doomed Argo City, which had somehow survived the explosion of Krypton and drifted towards our solar system for some thirty freaking years. As per <laughs> DC lore. It's like the same amount of physics that got us crypto. Uh, who cares? Then there's the post-crisis synthetic protoplasm Matrix Supergirl, because DC wanted Superman to be the last Kryptonian. Then we have the Supergirl they're referencing, but she crashed on Earth and Superman was a man. DC lore. <laughs> there's a lot of lore, guys. And we have no idea what this Supergirl script is shaping up to be. It pisses me off that these people are trying to invoke DC lore to push the idea that there's no room for Cavill in a Supergirl storyline just to make this horse shit article work. And by the yeah. way, WB has never had any compunction about deviating from the quote-unquote DC lore. <laughs> oh, You feel any better? A little no. bit? A little the, bit? Keep, the, okay, keep going. No. <laughs> the article continues. Furthermore... Warner's isn't likely to make a solo Superman film for at least several years, according to another source, unnamed, unknown. Superman is like James Bond, and after a certain run, you have to look at new actors, says a studio source. Well, we know that. We all know that. And they start dragging in Ben Affleck. As such, Cavill will join Ben Affleck, who isn't expected to reprise his role for director Matt Reeves' forthcoming Batman standalone film. We don't know that. At all. Like, I think it's weird that if he's not coming back at all, that they won't just say he's gone. Like, he goes to rehab, there's, oh, there's a lot of, oh, we don't think he's going to be able to do this anymore. But then, like, two weeks after rehab, he's getting jacked again. Like, seriously, he, it, he he has his personal issues, and I wish him the best. But the fact is, he's gone to rehab twice in the, in the course of us not knowing about the next film, and they still mm -hmm. haven't said he's not the guy. Right. He's clearly still probably the guy. Like... That, that's be. a lot of opportunity know. to just say, by the way, we're going to pass. We know he's still producing. Well, he's always going to be a producer so right far. now because that's the way yeah. the producer credit works. Like it, you started it, you got the ball rolling. It was it was your script originally. Like there's a lot of you could just put produced by him up there right now, and it would it would it would be within the you know traditional. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's guild rules or whatever, but he's going to have now, that credit one way or the other. They try to they try to they try to, <laughs> I guess. Um, stemming the tide against arguments there's they say here what warners hasn't done is wipe the slate clean in one fell swoop something that is nigh impossible to do given the years of planning that goes into these films well that's true but then they want to bring up ceo john stankey saying hats off to kevin and toby and their team some of our franchises in particular at dc we all think can do better well sure sure buddy mm -hmm. that's true mm-hmm 
Look, I think the the point of this article, though, has it's it's a little obvious to me. I don't know if you see it the same way. Um, you know, the guys from the Squadcast, and uh, you know, Scott's a, a member of our group, so I already knew what his thoughts were on it. Um, I agree. <laughs> By Look the at way. this. Same day. This is some you know really well orchestrated uh, replying here. Because normally some shit will, some big rumor will come out and nobody will say a damn thing for weeks. Mm -hmm. Same day, Danny Garcia, Cavill's manager, sends out a tweet that reads, Be peaceful, the cape is still in his closet. Sounds like he's still Superman, right? Yep. Warner Brothers Pictures has been and continues to be our partners as they evolve the DC Universe. Anticipate a WB statement later today. That sounds pretty uh, cocky, pretty self-assured. Calling your shot. And give a statement they did. Their statement was, while no decisions have been made regarding any upcoming Superman films, we've always had great respect for and a great relationship with Henry Cavill, and that remains unchanged. This looks to me like negotiations are still ongoing. I will bet anything that the Hollywood Reporter bit is a negotiations ploy. It's a power move, probably from Danny Garcia, maybe from Warner Brothers. There was some stuff in there about, like, you know, hey, we can just recast it. It's like a James Bond role. Right. Or it might be both. It might be her working in conjunction with certain people inside of WB who really wants Cavill to stay. Who knows? I, Trying to convince I've thought the about it a number of ways, ups. and I, I I can't I can't come up with like I, I really can't pick my shot. I don't I don't I don't know what's going on with this. The only thing I'm it doesn't make sense that Warner Brothers would instigate it to me completely. But it, it, I wouldn't think it would be. But there's them. I think it. it would be like an element within Warner Brothers. Yeah, yeah, some, uh, yeah, some little subplot there, maybe. I, but yeah, it doesn't completely make sense that Warner Brothers, as an entity, would have this in their best interests. No, yeah, no, um, it doesn't even make sense that this would just be a sideshow. That uh, it's just weird. The only thing I'm sure about is throughout the whole thing. No, there's, there's just he's he's still in talks, man. Yeah, that's hey, the only thing I'm I, sure about. This feels this feels like. If not in some way aided by someone somewhere within Warner Brothers, this this feels like a Danny Gar- Garcia move, a power move, to to get Cavill what he wants. Maybe Cavill Cavill came out of uh, Mission Impossible looking real good. Yeah, I did. And <laughs> on top of that, uh, I'm sure we're going to talk about his Instagram at some point. Oh yeah, yeah. On Instagram, he's wearing a Krypton lifting team T-shirt. He's holding an action figure, a Superman action figure. He's bringing it up while uh, <laughs> well, he's got dogs barking Strauss in the background. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, what does it mean? Is he okay? Like, why are you acting like he's like mentally unhinged? Yeah. This dude has been nothing but amiable and fun on his Instagram, he's guys. He's fine. Oh, my gosh. And he said, the caption was, today was exciting, hashtag Superman. If he wasn't playing Superman, I don't think that would have been the caption. <laughs> I'm, that's the thing I'm, I'm most sure about in certain ways, is he has been so excited about being Kal-El. Like, uh-huh. he, he loves this role. He really does. Absolutely. Now, he's also got to negotiate. He's got to, he's gotta, you know, they, they've got to give him what he needs to continue doing the role. Like, there are certain things you have to do. I mean, you can't just say I would. I, I want to do the role no matter what, and then have them drop your pay because the next movie you go and they say, "Well, you did it for this here," and like th- there's just some strategy to what you get paid. That even if 
no, no matter how much he loves the role, maybe they're not giving him what he needs right now, and he's going to have to hold out for it. So, yeah, they're probably talking. But uh-huh. he loves this role. And, he, like, that's... I almost felt like he was messing with us. Like, just trying to make sure yeah. that people... Like, intentionally making something very vague just to try to get the, the groundswell support that he knew he would get for it. And he mm-hmm. did. Absolutely. The internet had a meltdown. Even the people, <laughs> yeah. even everyone, from the Marvel stands to the, the you know, people who vehemently hates comic book movies were all going, Henry Cavill needs to be Superman. No. <laughs> Everybody. We have our disagreements, but that dude looks and acts the part. What are you doing? I mean, there are a couple of people out there who are like, blah, 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 we don't like him, and, you know, oh, the world continue yeah. to move on with, you know, no hindrance. There are going to be but, factions, uh, but... You know, I didn't. I don't. I don't want to say that everybody. You know, I want to acknowledge the three people out there who, for some reason, were pissy about it. Sure, <laughs> but even like the assholes are like, "Well, BVS and Man of Steel sucked, but he played the hell out of that now, role." The people, the people I have the most um, sympathy for in this are the other actors who were like, "He's out!" Oh my god, and got excited. Like that, I can get on some some real level. Like, sure, Did you, you see you'd Michael? Like be out. Did you see Michael Rosenbaum's tweet? No. <laughs> Everyone's taking it real seriously. I don't. I don't. He had a little winky face. I don't think he would be the, this uh, mean anyway. But for real, mm-hmm. he says, "I wish Jesse Eisenberg was done at DC. Give me my job back." <laughs> <laughs> and Only Dean Cain's over here going like, "Yeah." And Dean Cain's over here going, "Hey, can we do? Can we do a Lo- Lois and Clark reboot? Let's do that." Yeah. Oh my gosh! It's probably only half joking. He probably would like that rollback. Oh yeah, probably. He enjoyed it for years. So, bottom line is he's not out. It's it's this isn't. No, this, this was wasn't this was, real news. That was the bottom line, I think. Uh, yeah, and there there are already outlets out there screaming that it was a fake fight. Oh TMZ. That yeah yeah. TMZ said it. Uh, there's some guy out there who said that uh, you know who's throwing out the rumor that um he actually do- is going to have a cameo in shazam and it's a secret we don't know what's going on guys that I, I i'm rooting for that one though i am but i'm i'm pretty sure actually that would I be a really sure is... that would be a really cool explanation if it ends up being true is that this entire debacle this last week was just to make sure that everyone was thrown off the trail and then we see him in the movie hmm. that'd be that fantastic be cool. like at, at that point i'd have to like go up and uh I forget the name. Who, who's the Warner Brothers Entertainment guy? We're going to get to that in just a second. Hmm. I'd have to go shake some hands <laughs> yes. if that's what they did I to don't me. know. Yeah. All right. But this is all on the 12th as of this recording on the 16th of September. As far as all official standings are concerned, Henry Cavill is still Superman. And as far as we know, Affleck is still Batman. As far as we know. I loved it. They were even like, there were people putting out articles who were like trying to make it, the, the headlines were constructed to make it seem like, you know, uh, Henry Cavill leaves Warner Brothers after Ben Affleck is no longer Batman. Oh my gosh, that didn't happen. Yeah. Also, I don't want to. Like, I don't want to sound like a, an apologist or conspiracy theorist with explaining no, this away. I'm it's not. just there's no there's no real proof or, or more importantly, corroboration. There's no, there's it's, nothing. It's just a, a bunch real of people. Thing that happens. Just a bunch of people posting crap so far. This it's a real thing that happens in negotiations like this, like. You put it out there, you get it out there so that people can have a freaking meltdown and prove that you are worth what you're worth. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a conspiracy. I'm not questioning the moon landing here. <laughs> 
Now, again, we're talking about the the kind of story we're talking about doesn't happen if Warner Brothers and Cavill's management are on the exact same page. Mm-hmm. Probably not. So yeah, it doesn't look great. It's not the best story that could be told as far as Cavill's continuing the role, but no, we're definitely not where the headline said we were. That that part's for sure. And yeah. as you put it, when we were talking about it earlier, uh, I, I I too have lost some faith in Hollywood Reporter. Uh huh. That was, yeah, that was rough. They've been better before. Yeah. So the other thing we have here is on Thursday. I mean, we've got a whole bunch of news, but. <laughs> <laughs> the rational after invoking, this, yeah. Um, the other big thing on Thursday, our lovable buddy, that silly old cantankerous Kevin Sujihara, CEO mm. of Warner Brothers, uh, announced a new division at WB, the WBGBE, which stands for Warner Brothers Global Brands and Enterprises. As soon as I read that name, I knew, name <laughs> I knew it was a name. I knew it was a name. That would strike fear and envy into any and all competitors. Right. For the for the first time since John Favreau publicly said that he just couldn't wrap his mind around Thor existing in Tony Stark's universe, Kevin Feige woke up in a puddle of his own piss. <laughs> it is not at all a name that is, much like this bit, overly long and uninspired. <laughs> Anyway, in charge of this division, uh, Kev has placed uh, executive Pam Lyford in charge of uh, DC Entertainment, consumer products, themed entertainment, and a new global franchise group. With competition for consumers' attention more intense than ever, the brand awareness and loyalty more important than ever, this is a great way to help focus on creating opportunities for fans to meaningfully interact with our brands and franchises at a level beyond the screen, said Sujihara in a press release. Pam has deep, deep experience across consumer products and building emotional connections with fans in the two years she's been at Warner Brothers. She's been there two years. I've never heard of this person. Mm-mm. Has proven herself and her vision. I'm excited to have her bring that vision to this new business. Uh, then she says, this is an incredible opportunity for us to super serve our fans across a variety of platforms. I see what you did there. And venues throughout <laughs> their lifetimes. Warner Brothers has world-class characters and brands that are beloved around the world, from our licensed DC superheroes and the Looney Tunes and Hanna-Barbera animated superstars to a library of over 10,000 films, yada, yada, yada. And she's thrilled to take on the challenge. I'm just skipping a whole bunch of stuff here. Yeah. But um, she previously worked for Disney as part of Marvel's consumer products division. So now she's going to be overseeing DC Comics, the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, Looney Tunes, etc. Mm-hmm. So I just thought we should introduce you guys to Pam Lyford, the new Diane Nelson. Yeah, it sounds uh, like they expanded her role and then gave it to Pam. Right. We will meet back here in January to meet the Pam Lyford's replacement. When uh, <laughs> Aquaman only makes $700 million worldwide and WB, WB decides to reshuffle again. Right. Um, <laughs> it feels like every five or six months they do this. Doesn't it? A little bit. I mean, it, do you get the feeling Sujihara is not going to be like content <laughs> with the organization until he's just swimming in like Scrooge McDuck money? <laughs> it feels like he's running it into the ground is what it feels like. Yeah, a little bit. He wants to spend $300 million on a film and it come back with $1.25 And he'll be like, yep, what was- that's that's what we... Uh, that's what we're sticking with. Whoever's here, you're yeah. you're gonna stay employed. We're not gonna switch everything around anymore. Uh-huh. Until then, he's been playing man, like the I mean, three cup game with people. It's fucking annoying. Yeah, it's like oh man. I mean, we're gonna have to change some stuff. Why? Because this this film only made six hundred million. Oh, what did you want it to make? Well, I mean, Iron Man three made a made a billion. 
Right. Yes, but all the other Marvel movies made like 400. Right. <laughs> Not all of them, but a lot of the solo movies didn't do The early stuff well. was... I mean, not even early stuff. Like, Struggling. you know, Thor the Dark World didn't make that much money. Yeah, that's true. Ant-Man. Everybody, remember everybody was saying, like, this is the end of the MCU. Ant-Man didn't make any money. Yeah, made plenty. You know what? It made plenty because, you know what? They didn't spend any money making it. No, and I found it refreshing. <laughs> it was a very down-to-earth kind of tale after, you know, lifting a city into the sky. I was happy about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, All right. I, but, I, I don't you know, know what his plan we'll is, see. but... Maybe one day he'll make sense to me, but for now, he's just, he's the worst. <laughs> yep. So, uh, news has broken on Twitter. Imagine that. Mm-hmm. That the first draft of the Batman finally went into the studio. Of course, it does come to us from Umberto Gonzalez, so take that news with two grains of salt and call me in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. Todd, uh, Todd Stashwick, though, he co-wrote Suicide Squad 2. He says that script is done. He says, we finished our draft. I'm really proud of it. This is the guy that played uh, Richard Sionis on the couple episodes of Gotham. Yeah. The Black Mask's father. He's, and, he's in um, a bunch of... He's a, he's a character actor that like I remember from... Vaguely remember from a lot of things as kind of a douchebag. Mm-hmm. Mostly an asshole. Always kind of like yeah. him for what he was doing. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. I never rooted for him. It was He's never meant to be rooted for. But he's, he's great yeah. at that. Yeah. And uh, so he wrote this. He wrote Suicide Squad 2 with uh, David Barkatz and director Gavin O'Connor. And he says the script is finished. He was telling, uh, telling Discussing Film they're really proud of it, and he can't say anything else. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's right out of the horse's mouth. That's yeah. not, you know, Umberto rattling some shit on Twitter. Umberto. Umberto. What are we going to do with you, buddy? Because he, he's right to sometimes. Comes to mind. Yeah. He's right sometimes, but it's so rare, especially with DC. I found an entire Reddit thread that was basically, basically like a monument to every time Berto said some something that was completely off base. He's basically a movie scooper psychic these days too. Like he just says like the most vague shit. He's like, Warner Brothers got some news about Batman coming up today. Like, every day they have news about something with Batman. Like, see, I told you it was about that Telltale game. Right? No, no you didn't. <laughs> Expect yeah. big things in the future. You make a great cold reader. DC fans are going to be excited this uh, this week. Okay, cool. Thanks. Thanks, Umberto. What happened? Oh, it was Batman Day this week. Oh, okay, thanks. What a scoop. Thanks. <laughs> All right, we're going to jump on over to, uh, to, <laughs> to TV news. So for whatever reason, if you don't want to follow that, uh, come join us. Facebook.com slash group slash DC Onscreen Podcast. There will be a link in the description. Um because you know what, we, we we lead busy lives. We can't just you know hop on and do a, an emergency episode. That's not a slam towards anybody. I know Suicide Squad did that, and it was off. Uh, Suicide <laughs> Squad cast did that, and it was awesome. I listened to it, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, we can't do that though. So uh, <laughs> you're gonna get our reactions in the Facebook group. Yeah. <laughs> do we we don't have time to not coordinate. A slam. And we keep different hours largely, so uh, it does mean we can cover strong portions of the day if contacted. Mm. But it doesn't necessarily mean we can hop together and record every second. Yeah, and that's the goal. I would love to be able to do that one day. That would be fantastic. But I mean, you know, we're going to need you guys to share it and, you know, tell your friends to subscribe and give us good iTunes reviews and all that stuff. Yeah. It's a lot of work on your end, so I don't blame you if you don't do it. (laughs) Right. (laughs) 
And you can leave us a voicemail also, uh, 205-259-6331, and we're heading right into some television news. I don't know what the hell's going on over here in Gotham, though. Uh, we have we have uh, Shane West has been uh, cast as Eduardo Dorrance, and he's being described as an old army buddy of Jim Gordon, who returns to Gotham years after having lost touch with Jim after the war. He will come leading a team of elite soldiers intent on helping Gordon restore order to no man's land, but eventually he realizes Dorrance's true intentions on Gotham are much darker and more evil than he could have believed. At the same time, we have Robin Lord Taylor a few weeks ago saying, we have Bane coming this season. This guy, this guy, this Dorrance guy, almost exactly shares a name with Bane's father, Edmund Dorrance, in the comics. So he's coming to town looking Jim's age, old army buddy. You, you think they're just cutting out the King Snake and combining the characters? Maybe. Robin Lord say, Taylor saying Bane's coming. We got this Bane's father, essentially, it sounds like. King Snake. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, uh, but this wouldn't be the first time they've done that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, they, there might be some amalgam coming. I don't know. I'm not sure about that. But I part of me wondered, like, they are they're digging into No Man's Land. I forget the name of the character. Do you remember the guy, though, that, like, he was part of the Blue Boys and he kind of starts his own faction where he kind of militarizes them and starts um, almost making a police state out of their little faction? No, I don't remember that at all. I don't remember his name to save my life. Wow, that is that is a whole chunk of that story that's just gone. <laughs> but I wondered if they would be dealing with that a little bit. He, he, I think it must have gotten replaced with something better that Scott Snyder wrote. <laughs> probably. <laughs> My brain does that. It just overwrites stuff. Got Snyderized. <clears throat> it was a, you think they're gonna do a that? good little subplot, though. I don't know. I, it sounds like they've, they've got room for it, though. You bring in, you know, a militaristic arm. Uh, he goes too far. That's the gist yeah. of the story that I was talking about anyway, if I could remember the guy's name to name check him. I mean... Yeah, I mean, you say we have room for it, but we've got like 14 episodes. We really don't. Oh, I I agree. I'm pretty much <laughs> mad about every new character they're bringing in. But if we're gonna do that, then that's that's yeah. what you have room for. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. I I kind of do wish there was like maybe one, maybe two new characters just to get in the the rogues gallery completely. Yeah, and then just call it a day. Call it yeah. a day. Close the curtain on the new people. I guess we're not gonna do that. Yeah, probably not. That being said, maybe it is an amalgam, and that's what they did, and now we're going to have this guy, and he's also going to kind of be Bane. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Dude's holding a teddy bear <laughs> at some point. We'll know. Osito. Mm-hmm. All right, so over to the Arrowverse universe. Uh, I guess Arrowverse is, is... Yeah, Arrowverse should be substantial. I shouldn't mm-hmm. say Arrowverse universe because uh, you, you get it. Yeah. Uh, over on the crossover, they've uh, added Cassandra Gina Mel. Stephen Amell's wife, she's going to be playing Nora freaking Freeze, dude. Nice. Right? Yeah. I wonder if they're going to like make her like, oh, Mr. Freeze cured me, and then I turned against him, and I became a villain. I don't know. Or I'd, I'd be fine if she became a hero. That'd be cool, like, you know, to make up for what her husband's done. They're not saying what she is. Yeah. Uh, apparently, um... It may not even be that Cassand- big. It may, it may just be yeah. Nora Freeze. But yeah, Cassandra, uh... She is an actress. She was. Uh, she actually did a run on America's Top uh, Next Top Model, and then she was also on One Tree Hill and Heart of Dixie. Uh, she popped up on Mad Men. So um, it was fun. Stephen just Stephen Amell just posted like that great uh, little bit from Heart of Ice with her floating in the tank and Mister Freeze putting his lonesome hand up toward the the glass. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and we've got a Lois Lane. Grimstar Elizabeth Tullock. 
I guess is how you say that name. Sure. We have a long history of mispronouncing names on this show. I hold no shame for it. Continuing uh, that was, probably. Uh, Juliet Silverton slash Eve. I don't know what that means, but she was on NBC's Grimm. It was a show that I never could stand. Uh, so it, I don't know if she's any good. I you stu- watched Grimm, I stood that show for four seasons, and I'm excited about her. Are you? Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, I liked her. Cool. Uh, she certainly looks the part. She looks like a young Dana Delaney. Yeah. So. <laughs> I think she'll do great, man. I'm I'm uh, I'm proud of that one. Happy with That's that awesome. casting. It's awesome. I I I have n- uh, no choice but to trust you until I I see further or some proof of of uh, I don't know your inaccuracies. I, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what I'm saying here. It'd be the first time I've ever missed anything. <laughs> Uh, I, I don't know The Walking Dead either, but they're they're they've cast Xander Berkeley. Oh, the old guy. Yeah, he's uh he's playing Peter Lockwood, the father of anti alien zealot Ben Lockwood or Agent Liberty. Yeah. Uh, he's described as a middle class factory owner struggling to make ends meet in a world that's rapidly changing due to the rise of aliens from outer space living amongst us. He's proud and single minded, a family man who's dedicated his life providing for people. The seeds of his discontent sows the beginning of an anti-alien wave. He's uh, best known for portraying Gregory Mm -hmm. on The Walking Dead. And uh, he's been in Gattaca and Terminator 2. He was also, uh, he voiced Dr. Kirk Langstrom in Son of Batman. And Manhunter in Beware the Batman. Are you excited about this? Is this a good cast? Is he a good guy? I think so. Is he he solid? I think so. I'm, you know what it reminds me of when trying you do that his, shit? Uh, just like... <laughs> trying to remember his role better than I am right now. I think so. Mm-hmm. But I may also be mixing okay. up somebody else. But I'll whenever, be honest, like, whenever I have lost thinking... interest in, in uh, The Walking Dead, but it's not the actor's fault. Oh, yeah. at any, at, mm-hmm. like, uh, the people actually performing on that show are really good. So I, sure. I can be excited about I've that anyway. Yeah. I just got really bored with the actual Walking Dead story. Yeah, yeah. Somewhere after the Kill the Governor, I was like, eh, I don't know care yeah i don't i don't even know what that means yeah it's funny this is this is why i do what i do people are always like oh hey what you should watch this i'm like nope not until it's over and you can tell me it's still good because oh. people have like been railing on me for years watch the walking dead you've got to watch the walking dead pretty much everyone that has said that to me now go eh, it's not really worth it i stopped watching it yeah i, I just kind of I, I did i got a little bored here's a fun one though um batman brave and the bold he played sinestro on the eyes of despero yeah? Yeah. Why not? <laughs> Why the damn not? Yeah. All right. So there's something. Oh, yeah, but hey, whenever you're thinking, you're like, it just always <laughs> makes me think of uh, Rick from uh, Rick and Morty when he's the pickle. And he's trying to figure <laughs> out how to get how to get out of his situation. He's like... Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. A now Emmy winning episode mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. over to the flash <laughs> this is exciting uh todd helbing showrunner on tv line gave details about the new wells who has been dubbed sherlock s-h-e-r-l-o-q-u-e sure he says sherlock wells <laughs> is a master detective from a different earth and he's come to help the team track down cicada he's pretty awesome at his job and ralph doesn't take too kindly to somebody that has skills that may or may not be better than his. Okay. 
Yeah. And then Kavanaugh says, uh, he was at San Diego Comic-Con, says, I'm just doing my da- my darndest to get this show canceled. One, one guy after one guy, one after one guy. And somehow I haven't quite struck that note yet. But maybe this year. <laughs> I love that guy. <laughs> this guy will be filled with intrigue and deceit, fun, humor, intensity, and very loud. I don't know about that last bit. But it's going to be really a primetime viewing, I think. It's good. It's going to be really fun. <clears throat> I want to be more mad than I am. The fact is, he's Why? he's he's done. That just sounds like a stretch, but he's done so many good things. It's probably going to be fine. I'm going to enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, you know, I I didn't I, didn't, I wasn't like a huge fan of the Council of Wells last year. It was amusing. They were they were amusing the first time, <laughs> and then by the second or third time, I'm like, you guys haven't rounded these guys out at all. They're just like cartoons at this point. Mm-hmm. Just please, if you're not going to round them out, don't do them. Yeah. Because part of part of the greatness of Wells is, uh, or of Kavanaugh is his ability to uh, make you empathize with his characters, like, and you just I don't I don't care about Matthew McConaughey Wells. <laughs> he never made me care about him. Yeah, <laughs> they never gave him that time. I don't. I I hate you know little Dieter from Sprocket's version of Wells. Mm-hmm. Like it was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh... Like I said, that that being said, you have to kind of trust Kavanaugh's ability to develop a character a little bit. I do. I trust it. I just, you know. <sighs> it's okay to balk. We just kind of have to dig in with him. Sometimes he just gets, he just all gets a little silly, and it's not even his fault, I don't think. No. Not completely. Definitely not. Anyway, over on Arrow, they're bringing Javelin in. That was a... Uh... <laughs> oh, man. That was a... Uh... It was a weird character to be bringing in, man. I don't think I know that one. Oh, well, their 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 version of it is going to be a uh, smart and ruthless character. Leonard Gibbons is a French chemical weapons trader who ends up going into business with an undercover Curtis Holt, Mister Terrific, and uh, this brings his business to Team Arrow's attention. Mm-hmm. In the comics, Javelin was uh, German. He was an Olympic athlete, which also could have had ties to Curtis Curtis there. Yeah. Um, but he had an arsenal of spear shaped weapons and he, he mostly fought uh green lantern, Hal Jordan's green lantern. So who knows? Mm-hmm. This is a silly looking ass villain, man. This is stupid looking. If you look at the comics, he's silly <laughs> as hell. <laughs> it's okay. I love Batman, the brave and the bold. I love silver age comics. I can get down with silly as hell. Yeah. Uh, one of one of my favorite single issues. I don't remember the actual uh, issue number, but it was like this dude named Slide, and he just had like a white ski suit that he covered in chemicals, and he used to slide around, and Spider Man couldn't catch him. You know, <laughs> it was a dumb oh, character. Oh, that's fantastic. And I haven't read it in a long time. I think it was like from the seventies, and he was a black guy, so I'm pretty sure it was probably pretty racist in certain ways. Like I don't remember that. <laughs> I was a kid when I read it, but I bet if I go back downstairs and dig through my comics and read it, I'll be like, "Oh man, that's bad." Nice. You know, he probably you know they probably had him call Spider Man a jive turkey at some point. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I almost like the bad, the, like the stupid villains better than than the normal villains in some ways. Yeah, they are a lot of fun, but not you, Geomancer. No, never you. No, you've been ruined. <laughs> you could have been good. <laughs> yeah. All right, so you know we had Batman Day a couple of days ago, and uh, 
for Batman Day Titans, they released a clip of Jason Todd hanging out with, with Dick Grayson. Did you see this thing? Mm-mm. Oh, man, it was great. I can't believe you didn't see it. <laughs> I should have sent it to you. Yes. I p- completely failed in my in my role here. No. No, I haven't seen that. It was great. <laughs> well, great. <laughs> he's like talking about, he's like, oh, man, this is the dopest gig, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he's like talking about how awesome it is driving the Batmobile and, and Dick goes, wait, he, he lets you drive the Batmobile. He's like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they put out, uh, pictures of him and him and Jason together, both as Robin, um, Greg Walker, the showrunner was on, I it was talking to IGN. He says, what I really love about Jason as a character is the unbridled sense of self that he has. There's a lack of maybe self-awareness, but for sure self-consciousness in terms of how he comports himself and how he moves through the world. He's completely, seemingly unaffected by darkness. He kind of embraces it or walks right through it. He's a breath of fresh air, and that's what I love about him. He's got a punk rock, no-holds-barred attitude that's massively unburdened. There's a lot of energy that comes with that. Um... And he talks about uh, the two of them, Dick and Jason, as kind of like one of those classic covers of the books, original versus number two. I it it looked great. I I was on board with that though. Okay, I just watched it while you were talking. Oh, good. And um, yeah, it looks pretty pretty great. Um, yeah. At what point do we vote to have them all killed? <laughs> have them all killed? Just, as in just Dick him. and Sorry. Jason, just or him. just okay? My bad. Okay, I'm sorry. I just wanted to clarify for the for the listeners at home. Just start a poll. It's so easy now. You can just do a Twitter poll. Yeah. Possibly have someone killed. Yeah. Well, the problem with doing a Twitter poll is there are too many polls on Twitter, if you know what I mean. Wink. <laughs> yeah, there's not enough filters on that thing sometimes. I liked this statement, though, that Walker said. Uh, <laughs> talking about the original versus number two, he says, This encapsulates the tension, the energy between these two guys. It's like running into your ex-girlfriend's new boyfriend minus the sexual tension. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, he's saying a lot of good stuff about Dick Grayson struggling with, you know, how... Well, watching, you know, his dad figure have a different kind of relationship with a different kid, you know? Yeah. And uh, how Batman was, like, more hard on Dick, you know? That's a little weird for me to say. Yeah. But anyway, letting Robin get, or letting Jason get away with stuff that Dick wouldn't be able to get away with. And uh, I'm down, man. Yeah. But that's, that's, that's the fun, fun part is they, they have different relationships. It's been yeah. one of the great things about the Robins over the years. Like, Grayson's recruited as, like, a, a, a fellow orphan, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, Jason Todd's recruited mostly because it's like, <laughs> I need to get this guy off the streets. So he might as well work for me. Yeah. And then Tim Drake just recruits him to himself. Yeah. And uh, by the way, this Jason Todd, first time we're seeing Jason Todd in live action, Kieran Walters, I think is his name. Mm-hmm. C-U-R-R-A. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is this is big stuff, and the kid looks to be doing a great job so far. I don't know him from, from Adam, but uh, he'll always be, be Jason Todd to me now. Yeah, he's been imprinted. It's all my brain. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm waiting for season three. Tim Drake, baby. Let's do this. <laughs> there really might be time for that, yeah. <laughs> and it's it's a We've streaming universe, man. Tim Drake. I, like, they, it, they're not... I, those things operate differently. It's it's not going to be box office mm-hmm. numbers or something. It's still going to be numbers, but... Oh, yeah. They, they might be able to do more with this universe than we've seen previously. Yeah, maybe. Uh, speaking of which, Swamp Thing is going to be hard R. I like it. And gonna feature a physical suit. Really like that. Yeah. Um the uh the the writer for the pilot, Doberman, Gary Doberman, uh 
he also wrote the nun by the way he was that's going over well yeah he was talking about uh, he was doing press for that and he started talking about swamp thing here oh and, good he's uh, excited he says, we always yeah he says we always set out to make swamp thing as hard r as we could uh, as we could and go graphic with the violence with the adult themes and making it as scary as possible because we're doing it through the DC streaming service, they really pushed us, although they didn't have to push hard, for us to go <laughs> as extreme as we could. We really took our inspiration from the Alan Moore run in Swamp Thing. Good man. Fans of that series will know it gets pretty weird and extreme and scary. We really wanted to live up to that standard that Moore set up back in the 80s. I'm happy. Mm-hmm. They're doing a man in suit, by the way. The, it, he says it's going to look like an evolved creature, Swamp Thing will. Uh, more than just a man in suit, but it is a practical suit. It is a man in suit. I'm sure there will be uh, some, uh, you know, VFX augmentation. Oh, for sure. But I, I do like that as a starting ground. Mm-hmm. I mean, did we learn nothing from Green Lantern? Right. Oh, and uh, Derek Mears, the guy that uh, he played, he was on Sleepy Hollow. He's been in, he's in Predators. He was uh, Jason Voorhees in the 2009 reboot of Friday the 13th. Mm, yeah. uh, he was a Kree captain on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, he was Dwarf Star on The Flash last year. He has been cast as Swamp Thing, the body. <laughs> He's so, the base. Right. Wow. <laughs> He's the foundation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. And they've, they've, been, they've been throwing out some other casting. I don't know. Uh, they, they've, I don't know this girl, Maria St- uh, Stinn. They, they've got her playing Liz Tremaine, uh, who is a longtime friend of Abby's, Abby Arcane's. She works as a reporter for the local paper, and she's a bartender at her father's roadhouse bar. Mm-hmm. She has a no-nonsense attitude. Of course. Sets out on a mission to expose the secrets that are suddenly threatening her town, it says. Now, I am excited, though, about who they cast as Abby Arcane, Crystal Reed, mm-hmm. who we know from Gotham. Yes. She was Sophia Falcone in Gotham. Super excited about that. She did great. I liked her. I liked her a lot of Sophia. Yeah. Did so, great. Down with all of that. And, you know, I didn't actually include it in the news. I thought I might, but uh, I feel like talking about it now, though. Sure. Uh, Dave, Dave Gibbons said uh, he's had some conversations with Damon Lindelof, and he's really excited and thinks it's a fresh take on what he's doing with Watchmen over at HBO. So, you know, I don't know. I'm sure some people will recall Dave Gibbons that was – well, he hasn't been exactly uh, kind about <laughs> about before Watchmen or Doomsday Clock or any of that other stuff that expanded upon. Well, hey, that's the point. He said he didn't expand upon Watchmen or make anything new out of it. <laughs> I don't know what he's talking about with Doomsday uh, Clock. I, you know, I, I think he's just cantankerous. Maybe. Maybe. But he seems to be on board the, the HBO series. He says it's not anything you would expect it to be. It's not anything he expected it would be. And uh, he's excited about it. So there's that. Good. Uh, one more bit of news that I have mm-hmm. is that uh, you won't give two shits. Well, then wrap it the hell up, but, Dave. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. Batman Ninja is coming to Netflix, man. Oh, yeah. I don't I don't, I don't care. I knew it. Yeah. October 26th. If, you, if you're Accurate. down for Batman Ninja... Yeah, I've seen so many people online who are just like not on board. They're just like, who cares? I don't, I don't like this thing. <laughs> I haven't even seen it. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't given it a shot yet. But I will now. I'll watch it now. Way more excited about the rest of like, like you, you realize the DC Universe thing dropped. It's here. Yeah, it's here now. Yeah, absolutely. It's there. Yeah, way more, way more stuff I need to watch. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff there. You know, something, uh, something cracked me up. I forgot about this completely. Uh, just for funsies, uh, Birds of Birds of Prey is on there. 
Uh-huh. I was like, well, let me just see how, how bad this is. And it's mm-hmm. pretty awful. Yeah, it is. It's, it's pretty wonderfully awful. But mm-hmm. – and they have a lot of flashback scenes. Apparently, like, the Joker is, is uh, very important to the origin story of this show. Sure. And they keep showing this guy that – I mean, he he looks like a reject carnival clown. Like, there's no way. Like, this is just, just bad makeup, bad portrayal kind of thing. But I kept hearing uh-huh. his voice and thinking, like, God, well, damn, he's got a good, he's got a good Joker voice. He's got a good Joker laugh. Yeah, because Mark Hamill voiced him. And then later I saw the credit and was like, oh, there you go. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Terrible portrayal, but they pulled in Mark Hamill for that. Yeah. I haven't. Enjoyed- I mean, I watched that. I watched that shit first run, and I was like, I heard Mark Hamill was going to be doing the voice. I see it, and I'm just like, I'm so conflicted. Right. This it's, is the worst, awesome, most awesome thing I've ever seen. It's bad. I mean, I could go to Party City and pick up the ingredients necessary to make that Joker. Yeah. It's bad. I love how, like, more, like it's, it feels like they just, like, went and found, like, old suits from Batman Returns and threw them in there. Yeah. And there's a bit in there. There's a bit. I don't remember what episode it is because it's been, you know, since the first run, since I've seen this thing. Mm-hmm. There's a bit with Dina Meyer, and she's in her, it's, like, in her head or something, but she's, like, back in the Batgirl outfit. Mm-hmm. I think they gave her a new cowl, but the outfit is a repainted version of Alicia Silverstone's Batman and Robin. Oh, outfit. they just borrowed it. Yeah, that's great. It was. That's pretty great. I'm sure no one else. I'm sure you know the filth cash didn't notice, but <laughs> I was there cringing. But I was aware and properly annoyed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, so anyway, that's a good point. DC Universe is up. Go go do that, guys. Yeah, I, it was up for uh, Android users and working pretty well, I have to say. As uh, as of the, I mean, 13th, no, I mean it launched. It, it launched yesterday. It was supposed so. to launch on the fifteenth on Batman Day. Uh, for some reason, mm-hmm. for Android users, it was available like two days before. I have no idea why. Right. I don't know what they did. Depending on who you asked, yeah. But uh, yeah, that's twice I've dropped the ball what? on this episode. <laughs> you bastard! I'm a I'm a seething chunk of shit you unforgivable rogue i can't believe myself mm-hmm. actually i can i can believe it I, I, well to continue what <laughs> i just thought i'd mention it i don't know no it was a good call it was a good it's call. something that's been consuming parts of my week that and i ran out of i ran out of iron fist which is eh. and then <laughs> i've got some bojack horseman that's gonna keep me company for a while and then mm-hmm. uh, in between all of that, it's really just going to be like catching up on old episodes of crap. Because they seriously have they have the entire animated series run. Everything. Mm-hmm. It's glorious. Mm-hmm. I say that, but I don't Meanwhile, remember seeing the Zeta uh, Project anywhere. But other than that. No. Yeah, well, that's always going to be a tough one to find. It is. And they'll expand. But they had some really fun comics on there. It's been, it's been a lot of fun to explore. Yeah. Um, yeah, my wife turned me on to a show on Netflix. It's a short run so far. It's called Atypical. Mm-hmm. Have you seen this thing? No. I think you would like it. Sure. Specifically. It was it's very good. Um but yeah, it has nothing to do with comic books, so we're gonna stop talking about that now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I laughed though, uh last thing with that is Birds of Prey. I laughed uh-huh. like the first five minutes. I was just trying to watch it and get a feel for okay, what am I in for? And uh uh-huh. Jesse from Breaking Bad pops on. Uh-huh. And I thought, Oh, oh my. Have you seen uh Lori Lachlan from Full House play uh, the original Black Canary yet? <laughs> I haven't seen anyone play anything. I literally watched like five minutes and just bailed on the whole thing. That's I probably should have seen I re- her. I just didn't recognize her. Uh, I felt like uh, 
Mia Sarah from, uh, you know, Ferris Bueller uh-huh. as Harley Quinn. She was the first live-action Harley Quinn. This is true. I felt like she was okay back then. Yeah. I, if I watched it now, I'd probably be like, oh, Sloan, what did you do? <laughs> What's happening? Why? What did you do, Sloan? Why? <laughs> well, to continue this scintillating conversation, come to www.facebook.com. I show my age by saying the Ws. <laughs> slash groups. Slash DC on screen podcast, or you can call us 205 259 6331. I think we're done. Out. Until next week, or whatever. Probably next week. Until then. Keep, keep some DC on your screen. Our opening narration was from Dan Jurgens' The History of the DC Universe, Part 3 of 10, as featured in DC 52, Week 4. It was performed by me, David C. Robertson. Intro music by Jason Goss and Michael Shackelford. Michael's band, Future Elevators, could be found on Spotify or future-elevators.com. Our introduction was performed by Effie Ophelders of the fantastic podcast Stealing the Remote, which lives on SoundCloud. It can also be found on iTunes and Stitcher. We are proudly in partnership with TV Time, TV show calendar and social media site that lets you keep track of what you're watching, what your friends are watching, and where you all left off. DC On Screen is a maladjusted production. Visit maladjusted.tv for more from me and Jason, including sketch comedy and improvised web series, vlogs, parodies, and more. Are you maladjusted? Spring forward at Banana Republic Factory with 50 to 70% off everything. Shop season favorites from colorful dresses to easy tops from $19.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Enjoy 50 to 70% off almost everything at Gap Factory and GapFactory.com. Shop tees from $6.99 and joggers from $24.99. Plus extra 15% off online. Exclusions apply. Shop the sale through April 6th. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Hip, 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 powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl and a foul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.